All right, uh, welcome to the uh, Eric J. The Great podcast show. We got a special guest on the show today. Um, Shonda, how you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, introducing me to your audience. I'm doing great. Thank you. Okay. So uh, first off, uh, I appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast. And uh, we'll just start from the beginning. So first off, just tell the people uh, where you're from and how old are you? Oh, wow. Ask how old am I? I am 50 years old. <laughs> Let's get that one out of the way. I'm 50. Um, My dad was actually in the Air Force. So I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but we moved like every three years of my life. Um, So I've been, um, I'm kind of a world traveler, but right now I've been in Oklahoma the longest and it's going on 30 years since I graduated from high school. So I live in Lawton, Oklahoma. That's where I'm at. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was stationed out there for three years. Really? Oh. I was out there from 2015 to 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been here since 1990. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear your hometown? Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? Yeah. Oh, um, just family. Like, like I'm going to say like 95% of my family still lives there. My mother and father and brother and sister were like the only ones that are not in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I always just think of just family point blank period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, just describe how it was growing up in your hometown for someone that ain't never been there. Just kind of go through some of the struggles you had to go through just being a kid slash teenager. Well, uh, being a military family. So one of the biggest structure, the biggest struggles is having to move around, like move every three years. Like some people think it's really glamorous to um, move around, but you know, you really don't get to, I mean, it depends on your root issues. I study people for a living. So it's like, you know, forgive me if I get too technical, but, you know, sometimes some of your root issues can come with not trusting people or not believing that um, there's going to be a support for you because you know you're leaving in three years. So I struggled to make connections and I was kind of like a bookworm because of that. And, uh, um, and I was, but I was really close to my little brother who was four years younger than me because it was just me and him for such a long time. So but when we did go home and get to see all of our cousins, we we had a longing for um, not being able to have a big family. So to make up for it, I guess now my brother has 10 kids and I have five. So yeah, we kind of like did our thing to make our own big family. So, cause we missed it so much growing up. <laughs> okay. So um, you had a two parent uh, household, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, until I was 18, yes. When I graduated, my parents got divorced. But yes, I was raised in a two-parent household, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, how many siblings? Uh, now I have two, uh, my brother and my sister. My sister is actually two weeks older than my oldest child. So that was weird. But yeah, it was just me and my brother growing up the entire time that I was in the household. So, mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, um, just list some activities you was into as a kid. What what did you like to do? Did you play any sports or anything like that? 
Well, I'm 5'9", and everyone thought I should be playing basketball, but I never did. Um, I was not very athletic, which is really funny because I'm in great shape now at 50. But uh, no, no sports, but I did get into, I did a lot of reading, um, actually. I was kind of like um, a nerd before it was cool to be a nerd and be smart. I was, I did a lot of uh, reading and studying, and I actually did sing, uh, like to do the recitals in school and things like that, and um, I just come from a different era. So sewing and cooking and all that other stuff that was actually fun to me. So yeah, that's, um, some stuff, but now I think I did, I think I was too shy to do dra drama. So it's really funny how now in my older years, I, um, you know, you get, you, use, you lose a little of that awkwardness. Mm -hmm. So I can see where my drama roots started like way back then, but I was just too shy to pursue it. So I just did a lot of studying and a lot of reading, which is pretty good. <laughs> so as far as your family, people that was close to you, uh, did you have anybody that was involved in like TV and film or that mm. type of film producing shows uh, or you're the first one to kind of go down that route? I am actually the first one to <laughs> go down the road. And it's so amazing because I still don't even know why I'm going down the road. It's like, you know, um, living in Lawton, Oklahoma, you've been here, you know that this is not the most, uh, the best place to start a TV slash film career. However, you know, you just have to deal with what um, the hand you were dealt. And thank goodness for social media and being able to connect with people all over the world through uh, the internet and things like that because yeah no one that I know of in my entire family is doing anything close to this and sometimes I wake up and say how dare I even think that I can do it to be honest yeah okay so what uh really led you to uh going down that route would you say that you always had a passion for it your whole life you just never just chose to pursue it or or is it something that people been telling you like you should do this but you know uh my my bachelor's degree is in criminal justice so my whole entire life all I wanted to do was be an attorney or some something in the legal field which is hilarious and then I guess I get into my uh my mid-30s and then I start um, like a lot of the hidden things from my childhood like the, a lot of my talents and things started coming to um to rise up things that like, you know, I'm not going to be Mariah Carey. There's no reason to go try to pursue singing. You know, those type of things just kept coming up. Um, by this time I'm working in the prison field. So to say like, this was just one of those, um, I always uh, reference the Fresh Prince. My life got flipped, turned upside down. Basically I had ended up, I was a child, I was in child support enforcement. Like I said, I had my 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 bachelor's was in criminal justice. And I announced one day that I'm quitting my job to become a TV news assistant news producer, making $7.35 an hour. And everyone thought I was crazy. And I did too. And I did. I, I quit my job and became an assistant news producer. Even I was like, why am I doing this? It was just some kind of hidden type of thing. And, um, but I had self-taught myself how to do uh, videos and things like that. So when I say that I was always reading, it's like I do call myself a, a storylogian. I love stories. I love telling stories. And I'm going to tell a story any way that I can. So right now, video, I'm a visual person. So video 
and getting deep inside the story, not just doing the typical Hollywood ending. I love exploring stories that are hard that most people don't want to because you can't wrap them up in a bow. So that's how that came about. It was just something I couldn't ignore it anymore. Didn't know what I was doing, but I just knew I couldn't ignore it anymore. And um, that um, criminal justice degree was not uh, working for me anymore. I just was becoming more and more unhappy. And I thought I was having a midlife crisis uh, just to put a name on it. But I'm like, well, you know, my kids are growing up. So let's go ahead and just go for it. Like you only get one life. Let's, let's go for it. Reach out, do something. Okay. Yeah, I can feel that. Uh, so what um, what actors, uh, TV shows and movies did, um, did you like just um, growing up in life? Oh, almost everything. <laughs> almost everything. Um, uh, it's like uh, you're 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 a bit younger than me, but like back in my day, we could like go home with the, we were called latchkey kids. We could go home, let ourselves in. So me and my brother were in front of the TV like all the time. It wasn't a bad thing back then, and um, we would watch like old shows um, that were in black and white that would come on in the daytime. Um, just any type of comedy. And my brother is hilarious. Uh, we would watch all kinds of comedic shows, but um, when I got a li- really just anything with a story, I love true stories. Like, honestly, I love true stories. So, I mean, you can see that I'm African-American, but I loved um, Sissy Spacek's Coal Miner's Daughter because it's always telling us, I-, I love the stories about, you know, ordinary people that go on to do things that they didn't think that they could do. So uh, any any true story, I'm there for it. I love him. I love him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, have you tested the waters a little bit, like dropping like little snippets of, of shows that you uh, that you created just to see um, how people embrace you around the city? Yes, I have actually been pre-COVID. I was really starting to step out. I mean, COVID took us all, you know, for a, for a loop there. But I actually started doing a one-woman show. And when I say one-woman show, it was W-O-N, the one-woman show, where I would dress up as Bible characters. And I was starting to get some traction on that. But um, then COVID came. I had to cancel a lot of the uh, events. And um, I think my last one was in Oklahoma City. So I had to cancel that one. And then in the meantime, I went back to school and got, ended up getting my master's degree in spiritual formation. And I'm actually, this is my last semester for my second master's in theology, all to be a better storyteller. And I'm actually working on my doctorate um, in spiritual formation and soul care. So then we we come back to, um, with the doctorate, I started doing, a, 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 we have to do a dissertation. And one of my things was, I'm going to do a documentary on this Bible character that hardly anybody knows about. Um, her name is Mihail. And I ended up doing the documentary and it was such a smash. You know, people are asking me now, hey, are you going to do any more? And then I have other people who are like, the documentaries are serious. Are you going to get back to comedy? And I'm like, yeah, all of this is coming. Just let me graduate and we can get back to it. But no, it's it's been very, um, it's been received a lot better than I thought it would be. I thought it would be a little more because the, the, the one woman shows a little edgy when and you deal with the uh, Bible characters like sometimes, but that's the thing. I will not do my show in a church so that way I can have the freedom to um, explore the Bible characters and talk about some of the harder things that normally are not spoke about in church. Okay, so you are working on three documentaries right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. 
and um, are you going to have a lot of moving parts as far as like actors and things like that uh, in there? Yes, we do. Uh, with the documentaries, I interview experts, different types of experts, um, not just pastors, which is like people think that it's like, it's definitely not just pastors. Like uh, for the, my first character, uh, well, she's a woman. I, I hate saying character because there are real people that lived. And um, I, I have a trauma expert that I'm I'm speaking to. I have um, like doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, um, CSI investigators. I mean, we go full out, but the, the the beautiful part about it is we do re, we do reenact the scenes, which is a lot of moving parts. And I use a lot of local actors that are here in Lawton, Oklahoma, that don't think like you're not asked to act every day. So it's like there's some actors and some very talented people here, and I'm glad that I can be a part of giving them a platform to use their gifts and talents. Okay, so um, just um, kind of go through one by one, you know. Uh, each documentary that you have coming, you know, kind of give a basis of what is around a name and like an estimate time frame or when you expect to drop it off. You don't know a time frame. You don't have to say one, but. The, the first documentary is out. I just put that on um, YouTube, our uh, Mihail. That one was, uh, that one came out in um, April. Now I have three more coming. Uh, the first one is that that I have the most confirmed interviews for is uh, um, uh, Rispa. And she's a woman who her two sons were put to death by the authorities, uh, King David. And she was so grief stricken that not only were they put to death, they were left outside to just hang there with uh, five other bodies. And uh, she sat outside with her dead sons for six months, beating off animals and birds to keep them from devouring the carcasses. Now, amazing story of a mother's love, of grief, trauma, hardly anyone's ever heard of it. So she, um, I'm actually, like I said, I have a few interviews uh, set up for that. She will probably, her, that documentary will probably be out October of 2023. Uh, the next one is Tamar. Tamar is the daughter of David, and she was raped by her half-brother. Another sermon that you're not singing hallelujah to in church. So we're exploring that and talking about uh, the victimization of women, the marginalization of women, and um, getting over that shame that, you know, some women that are uh, subjected to violence, domestic violence, sexual violence, uh, some of the shame and being a having a safe platform to talk about. Now, I'm working on all three of them at the same time. Um, it's, it's, um, so make, I hope that all of them can come out um, in October 23, but the big one is Hagar. Now this one requires <laughs> animals. Uh, you know, it's a little bit bigger. Everyone knows the story of Hamar, Hagar. So you have to do it right. The other two, like, you know, um, we have actors already in place, but you know, we have to wait until the conditions are right and everything like that. But I know the the two documentaries, the first two will be out in um, October of 2023, but I'm not sure about Hagar because that one I really, they're all going to be done right, but Hagar is just, you got to do that one right. Everybody knows, everyone that goes to church knows that story. So pretty famous, that one. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, describe your role in the ones that you already have out and the ones that you got coming. Are you being an actor or are you just being the mastermind and just putting everybody in position or is it a mixture of both mm -hmm. no 
acting, thank goodness, because I've done the behind the scenes and uh, in front of the scenes. It's a lot of work. So I'm I'm thankful. I'm actually take I've actually the first my first documentary I did all by myself, all the traveling. I went and did all the filming and everything. And I did have um some teenagers that were fantastic that volunteered to uh do the acting, thank goodness. Um, and some other uh people that did the acting. But this one, these three, even though I'm going to officially, uh, I'll probably be graduated, I'll be a doctor, I'll be Dr. Shonda Carter by these time he's come out. I'm really interested in um, everyone else's perspective, a lot of different perspectives, not just getting mine on film, but I will be doing all of the in-person interviewing. I do write it, produce it, direct it, and I edit it because I it's my baby and I know exactly what I want it to be. And because I have done some acting, I can, um, I'm a very good director. And I, when I get these uh, volunteers on on set, I go out and I, I touch on every aspect. I just don't want to be in front of the camera because it's just a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and I think, you know, you know, uh, I just acted in a movie recently for the first time. Uh, mm-hmm. I was uh, basically being a security guard and breaking up major scenes in a movie and stuff. And I was just, uh, that was my first time being on a movie set and seeing how many times they shoot a scene over and over again. Like I remember one scene we shot it at least 20 times over and over again. I was like, man, this is crazy. We kept hearing the same song on repeat because they had a song playing. So I know, and you know, acting is tough. Don't not trying to discredit, you know, what goes into acting, but what your role, you know, with writing the script, telling everybody what they have to do it's almost like a quarterback in football like not only he got to throw the ball he got to know the plays he got to know what the defense doing he got to know when to throw the ball throw the anticipation of throwing the ball before you get hit you know what i'm saying so it's like you uh i feel like that's a more tougher thing to do because you know you could easily you know get over stress and uh, over-consume yourself with scripts because you see stories all the time of people losing their personal character because they get so consumed with the character either they're playing or 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 the um, the task that they're doing that they kind of lose themselves a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah, you're so right. I did. Uh, I remember when I was, I, I knew I didn't want to be an actor. I knew I didn't, but I knew I wanted to explore a little more um, outside of the newsroom. When I finally left the newsroom, it was, it's a totally different thing, but I was extra, I was an, I played a lot of extras in films and like, yeah, you said like all day long and they redid the scenes over. And then it's like, I'm telling everybody I'm going to be in a movie. And it's like that whole scene got cut. I'm like, we spent like two days filming that. And it was just ended up on the cutting floor. But yeah, I was surprised at how much work went into it without, because I haven't formally studied. So it was good to get that experience. But yeah, there was a club scene that I was in. It was hilarious. I was like, I, I guess I don't look as old as I am. And they, I was like, why would you cast me? Like, I wanted to be in the church scene. They cast me for some club scene. And I'm like, I had these high heels on. I'm like, dude, I can't do with this dance scene. I was so like, I cannot do it anymore. I was so tired. Like, y'all don't know how old I am. Y'all little youngsters can keep on going. I am old and tired. And I was like, I don't want to be in this scene anymore. But yeah, so it's like, I knew the acting wasn't for me. But um, 
when I do the reenactment scenes, I'm a little easier on the actors because, um, you know, first it's, they're, they're volunteering. So it's, um, I take a little more work on me to make it a little easier on them. So knowing exactly what I want, exactly what scene to shoot and, um, realizing that they're volunteers, uh, but it's still, yeah, it is a lot of work. It's a lot of work, especially the editing process. I, I've always edited videos together. And for me to sit in, and sat down and have to edit, um, I had six hours worth of interviews, uh, uh, six people, hours worth of interviews, and I have to cut that all down and put reenactment scenes all into an hour-long documentary. That was some next-level stuff. So I just feel like I can do anything after having that experience. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, have you worked with uh, people in the industry yet? And if so, uh, have they lent a uh, helping hand, you know, giving you advice, things like that? I've worked with a few. No one, no one um, you know, that we would say, no Tyler Perry, nobody famous like that, no Spike Lee or anything like that. But I've worked with a few people who, and we are, especially in this area where it's not um, um, the norm, they, we have all been, you know, giving each other advice. And I do, I have to go out to California. I have to go to Los Angeles every year for my, um, for my doctorate program. And I have some, I've been dipping and dabbling and I have some connections out there with some women in film who have been so wonderful and given me such great advice and, you know, where to get the the fundraising and where to get like actors and, you know, that type of thing. So, but no, I can't name drop today. Maybe by the time they come out, it'll be a different, when the documentaries will come out, it'll be a different thing. And I would love to be able to be that person that could help someone else that's thinking about doing something like this. I love the thought of that. That would be great. So when you first started doing this, just, uh, just think about your whole journey up to now. What's something that caught you off guard that you didn't think would catch you off guard once you got full-fledged into it? I'm going to be honest, the cost. <laughs> uh, no idea. Like, it would cost that much. And even when I did my first documentary, because I'm like a, a, a I can do everything, um, I still brought it in like it was considered poverty level, but it wasn't considered poverty level to me. It's like people are like, you did a documentary for how much? And I'm like, that cost me like our entire savings. And it was just very, um, and but I, I had to, and the people were volunteering. I had a lot of volunteers. So I'm like, oh, I'm starting to see why those budgets are so big in Hollywood. Cause I had no clue of, you know, but yeah, that cost, that's, that's astronomical. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I know it get crazy when you uh, get to the point where uh, where you actually paying people like extras and then, you know, having to break that down into the budget and things like that. I know that's that'd be real taxing. Mm -hmm. One of the things I did, I guess I was preparing to do a documentary and I was listening to um, Spike Lee on his master class talk about filmmaking. He's like, you can get away with everything, but you cannot get away with not without you have to feed your crew. So like when people are coming out, so it's like just the catering budget. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Just like, but thank goodness I had some teenagers 
and uh, we got away a lot with pizza and sodas. <laughs> but even still, that like, you know, I just was very shocked. And I know that people don't think about the everyday expenses of that when you're doing a movie. And, and you know, to shut me up, I was one of them that didn't know it was that expensive. Like, uh, you know, you don't have to spend a million dollars to do a film. I can do this, this. No, you. It, if you want it done right, I can definitely see why it is so expensive. So, yeah. Still shocked at the price tag sometimes. And I've been doing this and I'm still shocked at the prices of some of the things, even equipment rental, uh, like I said, the catering equipment rental, um, you know, thank goodness that I have people that love me that will volunteer. But yeah, when you're, when you start shelling out money for salaries, whew, we're next level stuff right there. So yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, as far as your city right now, I mean, I know you know a lot of people around your city so is it anybody else in your city that's going down a similar path as you're going down and if so like kind of describe you know just uh, kind of um describe the scene and uh and as far as like you know movies and things like that like it's people really doing that where you at or you're like the only person that's doing that I'm I'm gonna say I'm the only person doing this uh, in this uh, biblical field. I'm gonna say that there's a lot of people that I've connected with in um, Oklahoma City as far as filmmakers and things like that. And uh, and I'm in a group on Facebook. So don't count Oklahoma out. But yeah, here in Lawton, um, there's some wonderful videographers. Absolutely, but. I'm not connecting with people that are doing documentaries in Lawton right now, but they, um, Lawton has uh, turned in, they said that they're doing like, they're turning into a film friendly town. They're trying to turn into a film friendly town because I know um, when I went to Cameron, um, Dr. Matt Jenkins, he's the, um, um, he does movies as well, but he always goes to Texas to shoot because he says it's a lot cheaper and he does a movie every year. But like I said, just the documentaries, I think I, I'm so far, I'm not even going to pretend like, oh, it's just me. I'm the only one that I know of right now doing documentaries. Okay. So uh, what are your uh, short and long-term goals? What do you want to accomplish? That's an awesome question. Uh, I would love to start, have a full-fledged production company um, as far as to do... Uh, like I said, right now I'm starting out with biblical stories and that is to show the relevance um, because, I mean, I have degrees in uh, uh, soul care and things like that. So to show the relevance that there's nothing new under the sun, that the Bible is still today, like some of the women in, in the Bible were facing some of the problems that we're having today, especially with um, some of the laws that are coming out and things like that. And and uh, the victimization and, you know, things like that, like that hasn't gone anywhere after how many years that this is. So I would like to be able to, I mean, it, it's kind of copying Dr. Phil, a safe place to talk about hard things. So I just would, I just believe that this plat, this platform is a great place to introduce uh, some hard topics. I know even when I uh, had the Mihail, um screening, I had a discussion board afterwards and it brought out so many questions that were modern day questions, not just about a biblical character or, or hearing about just the, the dominant male character and just showing that it doesn't matter what your life looks like right now. You can overcome some of the things. And if you can't, 
there's some help out there, like even introducing the help. So my thing is just um, to help uh, help women, to help people any way that I can. And like right now, this is what I know and this is what I do. And I would like to influence people to do what you know, do what you can do. You can always help. There's no excuse. Somebody out there needs you. And that's what I want to do with that, with the production company. And I would love to be, and I love to have people um, be able to use their gifts no matter where they live. So if you feel like you're stuck here, (laughs) there's still a place where you can always use your gifts no matter where you're at. So the one that you dropped earlier, uh, the documentary, uh, that's, that's the only thing you have out right now, right? Um, it's movie wise. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, what, what was, um, did, did you, um, have a lot of success from that? Yes. Um, it's, and like I said, I just released it in, um, April, uh, April and I've entered six film festivals. I got, um, accepted into, I think five and we won uh, best documentary, two best documentaries, one best message, which I'm very proud of, and best costumes, which was hilarious because me and my sister did all of the costumes. So, <laughs> so I say like, even though I like, you know, I like cooking and sewing, and apparently that that paid off. My sister's very um, artistic, and we did creative things on our budget. So to win best costumes, that was pretty, that was pretty awesome. It's a lot of hot glue. They don't know about that, but it looked really good on film. So yeah, I I think we, we have, and like I said, I'm going to be um, launching that. That was the first of the series. So that one just really introduced what, what, what's possible, even with a little tiny budget. Okay. So for all your uh, fans out there, uh, what do you like doing in your spare time uh, when you're not uh, shooting movies or doing documentaries? Wow. I uh... <laughs> I don't have anything that I do besides shoot movies and documentaries. Uh, right now, like I said, I'm, I'm in school being being nuts getting to the advanced degrees. So I really just love studying people. And right now for fun, it's hilarious because I'm just getting all kinds of psychology books for fun. And then, so that doesn't sound very fun, but if you're just wired different, you know, what's what's fun to you is fun to you. So I just um, want to be a better storyteller. And that's what I do. I just study that in, in any way and, and take up... Um, Right now, fundraising is really fun. It's something I didn't think I'd be doing. So um, fundraising and, it, you know, talking to different people, getting to know different people. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> so so uh, besides the three documentaries that you got dropping uh, next year, do you got anything else coming for the rest of this year or 2023? Um, For the... For this year, I think my daughter, my my grown daughter, is actually talked me into getting back on the road to do my one woman show again. It's already because I'm, I mean, it's just it's me, so I can just kind of pick up and go. So um, I actually got a call from Arizona, and they want me to come out and do the show there. So I'm working with that as far as that goes. So I would just love to. Um, update all of my fans with yeah i'm going back on the road this is going to be great so uh just add some more craziness to my life work 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 i I guess i'd like to work for fun i guess i don't know so (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
And I know the feeling that you got right now is kind of the feeling that I still go through right now with my uh, podcast because it's like uh, I had somebody was talking to me the other day. They was like, you know, your podcast is going to be big, bro. Like, look how fast it's growing. And you got fans. And I was just thinking, I'm like, <laughs> I really do. You know, I ain't really just think about it like that. You know what I'm saying? Because I was just like, oh, then I had to think about it, like all the engagement and things like that. So I know as far as uh, with you, you know, as far as people reaching out to you, let you know that they like the documentaries and the one woman show and stuff like that. I know that had to be uh, a trip at first, especially uh, when people reach out to you, say, oh, you're an inspiration oh, and keep yeah. going and things like that. Yes, it's really what what has been the most is when I started fundraising, like people were actually like, it's not just talk, they're actually financially giving and saying, hey, we want to see more from you. That has been so humbling. Like, wow. Like I was just talking to uh, some friends today, like somebody just donated this and out of the blue. Now we're getting people that I don't know that are um, supporting. So like, that is really like blowing my mind right now. Like I know my friends and family, you know, cause I, I've authored two books and, you know, people are like, you never talk about your books. Like, cause only my friends and family bought my book. So it's like, when you start stepping out and I'm like, who is this person? I don't know this. Like that has been like the most humbling when you know that people really are believing in you or need you know, what you're supposed to do. And I want to make sure that everyone that uh, I come in contact with, you walk away knowing that you, the world needs you, the world needs your gifts, the world needs that special, unique thing that you have. So absolutely, congratulations on your podcast. And because, yeah, just out of the blue, you know, people are like, you got to go on this podcast. I'm like, okay, you know, but like I did some research and it's, and it's, and I'm wishing you such great, wonderful success. I'm very happy for your success. You, you do have fans. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thank you. Uh, so as far as uh, I start asking everybody this question, I think it's a, a good legacy question. So uh, how do you want people to perceive you? Oh, I say uh, that's really, that's a wonderful question. Um, sorry about the tack on to it because I remembered when they asked Spike Lee this question, he's like, I just want to be known as a storyteller. And it's like, I want to be known as an expert in storyteller, as an expert storyteller. So that's why I have deemed myself the storylogian. Like all this studying I'm doing, you doggone right. I want to be known for telling a great story, but also being an expert at what I'm talking about. So there you go. <laughs> So as far as uh, closing remarks, uh, just say anything else that you want to, uh, people to know about what you got going on and uh, let people know how they can find you on social media, things like that, or if you got a website or things like that. I would absolutely say a one-stop shop because I'm all over the place. Like I said, I'm one of those insanely creative people. Like I said, I've written books. I do a one-woman show. I've done documentaries. I do funny videos. I do somebody, some people call me a Christian comedian. All of that stuff, I just like, I don't know. So the one-stop shop that you can find me is shondacarter.com, S-H-O-N-D-A carter.com. And that that's like the only place you can keep up with everything I'm doing because I have so many Facebook pages and Instagram, you know, different things. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a minister as well. I have my own ministry, but shondacarter.com is where you can find like that one-stop shop of this is what she's doing. 
and it doesn't feel like I'm bragging. <laughs> it's just, just, you can read what you want. And um, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's dope. So uh, I appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast. And, uh, you know, I talk about uh, real topics too, uh, not just interviews, police brutality, relationships, mm-hmm. you know, uh, things to do with kids, uh, anything, you know. So anytime you want to come on, uh, uh, hit me up anytime, you know, uh, you know, um, I reply faster on, uh, well, you hit me on my personal Facebook, but I was like, if you hit me on my business Facebook, like the, the notification don't be going off sometimes, but she didn't give me any information. She's just like, he said DM. I'm like, he said to contact him like how, and I'm very good at finding people. Cause I have to <laughs> find people to interview. So it's like, all right so i just did yeah i got I don't know. so yeah i have to like uh contact you know out of the blue and i tell people like it's really like there are people are asking me why am i doing three documents at the same time it's like because you really have to like woo and go into a relationship with people to you know be able to go not only interview but like i go in person to interview them like to get invited into their space so yeah like if i can find you i'm just gonna find you i didn't even know you had a business page so it's hilarious because my daughter she said she don't tell you nothing just he said contact him i'm like okay so yeah but absolutely i'm glad that you talk about such important topics and that's that's what the documentaries are it's, it's some hard stuff and it's like sometimes people in my audience that are used to me being funny they're not they're not ready but it still needs to be talked about because that's life Absolutely. right yeah that was the main reason i started a podcast just because i think uh you know the mental health aspect is real absent in our mm. in life in general but especially among minorities for how we was treated and and we just systematically programmed to not address mental health problems so i just think that uh having conversations with people from different backgrounds and the same backgrounds can give people confidence in themselves to know that you know people go through similar things no matter how successful or how poor or wherever wherever point in life they are i you know i 100 percent agree absolutely i mean my first documentary was about a bitter woman that and everybody was like, I don't know why she acts like that. And it's like, well, let's go into her story. And then everybody says, Oh, now I know why she acts like that. So I totally agree. And even with the the Rispa character, like the mental, her mental state being outside, having her sons killed, you know. And uh we got some people that are gonna be going going there talking about like the George Floyd aspect of it, or you know, um, police brutality, police killing our babies. So it it definitely won't be mild. So thank you for what you're doing. I really appreciate it. So it's it, these are topics that need to be discussed. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And because I'm Christian does not mean that I just want to say hallelujah. There you go. So <laughs> it's like, I want to talk about these things. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, whenever I uh, have another episode talking about things like that, you have to uh, bring, bring you back on. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. Yeah. Um, I do much better when I'm not talking about myself, but I know that this is part of the job. So yeah, anytime I would love to, I would love to. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, everybody, uh, this wraps up another episode of Eric J. The Great Podcast. Everybody go support uh, ShondaCarter.com. You know, go check out everything she has going on as far as her uh, documentaries and movies. Real dope 
uh, content. And, you know, uh, like I tell people all the time, I said this on an interview I did last week, you know, we got to start making our people powerhouses, how we support people of the opposite race. You know, we always rush to the movie theaters to see actors that we've been growing up watching, like the Denzels and people that we probably never going to meet in person. But, you know, we got people we see every day and don't support them and you can actually touch that person. So we just have to normalize, you know, supporting people that's, uh, I want to say on the same level as you, but that's around you in the community and things like that, you know, so build each other up. And so we, um, they can be on the same level as those people someday. That's beautiful. Thank you. That needed to be said. Thank you. I 100% agree with that. You are absolutely right. So thank you so much. <laughs> yep. And, uh, yeah, this, uh, uh, wraps up the episode and, uh, you have a good night. Thank you, you too.